This week, we ask the ultimate question. Who are you going to call? That's right, we saw Ghostbusters. Did we like it? Did we hate it? Find out in approximately one minute. We also weigh in on a new Netflix original and find out what film I cry at that I really shouldn't. But first, that new Ghostbusters theme song from Fallout Boy. Ah, ha, 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 kidding. Roll our sexy theme music, please. Welcome to the 405 Film Podcast with Sean Melton and Adam the Benati Roach. So rolling sound test. I'm sounding hot as always. I'm also sounding hot as always. Okay, so after the next pause, you do the intro is like we've just listened to music. So Ghostbusters. Hey, we're we just gonna jump in like that. Mm-hmm. We're we just gonna jump straight in and not be like, "Hello, welcome." Like, <laughs> don't they already know who we are, though? No, I'm Adam Libanati Roach at Bacon Chin. I'm Sharn. Head of the New World. I'm Sharn. Oh shit! Head of the New World makes it sound like I was all Brexit. I'm, no, I'm Queen of Twitter. I like to keep it on the down low, though. Keep it on the DL. Also, if we sound like we're in a rush, it's because there's a pasta bake cooking. That's basically it. Yeah, and we're really excited for dinner, but not as excited as we were to see Ghostbusters. Good film or bad film? I really enjoyed it. It's a good film. It's a very good film. I shouldn't, though, because I'm a man. Exactly. Supposedly, I was not supposed to enjoy Ghostbusters at all. Because this film is all about ladies and feminism. Well, it's not really just all about feminism. It's actually about ghosts. Something strange in the neighborhood. And like, it's good. Mm. Busting them too. Many a ghost was busted. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Like, I don't know. What were your favourite bits? I had a lot of favourite bits, but I think what I loved most about the film was I was laughing in the first maybe like 20 seconds of, of talking. Dialogue. That dialogue, very professional sounding. Um, the guy from Silicon Valley is in this film at the beginning and he's giving a tour of a house. And What's his real name? You can't just say the guy from Silicon Valley because there's quite a few because you know it's a very anti anti female show. Eh, eh, guy. Which guy? He's Gabe from American Office. What's his name? I don't know, but so I I know I... his name. I know that he has a name in a different show. Well, his name's Garrett in this film. That's all that matters. And Garrett's giving a tour of a house, and he says that the house had all the modern features you could ever want in a house that era, including a face bidet and anti-Irish fencing for breaking in. Would and you use a face bidet? I would. I think it sounds luxurious. I How wish it... my house had a face bidet. How would it work? It'll just, like, splash water in your face. It's also his name, Zach Woods. Yay, there we go. Did you know that you can use Google or Bing or Ask Jeeves or Yahoo to find out stuff like that, even when you're recording a podcast? I do love to Bing. I do indeed. Hey, babe, let's Bing. That's that's a chat-up line for any bar that you go to this weekend. That'll get you ladies, guaranteed. So anyway, this film laughed a lot. Um, I li- but I liked all the little funny bits. I liked uh, the book, how it was called, Ghost Woo! of the Past. Gonna put a for, for an X. What? Is this going to be... I'm not going to say any spoilers. I'm not, no. I don't think there's anything spoilery. I know. Like I was just throwing out the X. Like, we'll just wait, just making sure. Yeah. We're not going to say anything that's too spoilery, just mm. in case you guys haven't seen it. But obviously, we'll want your opinion. Send it to us on Twitter and everywhere else. We won't spoil things, we promise. Yeah. Carry on. But there's a book that two of the characters wrote, and it is called Ghosts of the Past, Literally and Figuratively. 
which is, and it's never really said out loud, it's just kind of there, and I think a lot of what makes the film great are little funny moments like that where they're not in your face, they're just kind of left there to exist, and I think that's the magic of Paul Fagg and all these women, is that they're really funny like that. Yeah, and that's the problem with the trailer. Because everybody's everybody's spoken about the trailer, and the trailer's put in humour that is very in your face, including the now infamous let's go, let's go bit that in the trailer is done awfully because of how it's cut together, as is Patty uh, slapping Melissa the power McCarthy. Patty compels you! Basically, yeah, and it's just the whole film is full of small references, very clever dialogue, and doesn't really need to depend on these in your face moments. But they decided to go that way of the trailer, and like, that's really fucked, Sony. Yeah, the trailers, all the trailers are a pile of garbage and should not be used as a reason to not see the film. Um, and the film is just so much better. All those moments work in the film, though. They make sense in the film and they're still funny, but they're just not funny in the trailer at all. And all the actual funny bits are definitely not in the trailer. It's not one of those trailers where they use every funny moment. Um, but yeah, I or think it's not a trailer that tells a whole story exactly because it doesn't tell hardly any of the story. And if you decide to put the trailer before going to see the film, then you'll be missing out on one of the best films of the year because the film is full of so many hidden gems. Chris Hemsworth is a gem. He is a treasure. He is a beautiful saxophone playing treasure. <laughs> He's a beautiful... He is delightful. He is delightful and it's, it's a shame. And... I know you said as we came out that they're thinking of making us like a sequel to this reboot, but I was looking at stuff from Hollywood Reporter today, and its budget was one hundred forty-four million dollars. It's made forty-five on its opening weekend in the U.S. and rumor has it to break even, it has to get between three seven five and four hundred due to its global marketing budget, and it's not coming out in China. Do you know why? I think it's because they're afraid of ghosts. Like, literally and figuratively. It's kind of like shits all <laughs> over the tagline, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Oh, who are you going to call? They are not calling them Ghostbusters. No, they're not calling them Ghostbusters because, do you know what the original was called in China? Uh, no, I do not. All right. It's actually, the original was called Ghost Catcher Dare Die Team. Oh, actually, that's kind of catchy. Which kind of... Dare Die Team. Hey, who are you going to call the Ghost Catcher Dare Dare Die Die Team? team. That's actually, that's quite good. Yeah. But yeah, they said they're not releasing it in China, not because, like, they don't... Not because, like, Chinese censors refuse or, like, to promote cults or superstition within the films, which is something that's existed from, like, the original Communist Party's ideology, but because they don't think it appeals to their audience. That's too bad. They're really missing out. It's not it's... the first film, though. It's Dead Man's Chest had it. Really? Mm. So they didn't get Johnny Depp or this beautiful, beautiful... Well, they can do without Pirates of the Caribbean. Wait, is that the second one or the third one? Do they get the other ones, but just not that specific one? Dead Man's Chest was the first one. Oh, okay. Because it's like the skeletons where Jeffrey Rush keeps going between being a skeleton oh, and being a man. Which is confusing. Is he a skeleton? Is he a man? What's happening? Yeah, I know, you just don't know what he is or who he is. Alright, so what are your top five things from the film? Give me top five reasons to go see the film. Okay, five reasons to see this film. First one is going to be a little bit preachy, but feminism. I think this movie is important to see 
don't you sigh at me, uh, for the sole fact that there are not enough films starring women, and there are not enough films starring women being smart, funny, challenging, difficult, weird, different. Um, same thing happened when Bridesmaids was first made, saying, oh, ew, women shouldn't be in comedies, no one will ever go see it, it's not going to make it, and look what happened. Yeah, the Bridesmaid thing was... An Bridesmaids thing was weird because it came out post Hangover and they're like, oh, they're just doing a Hangover with women, which they're now doing in that Bad Moms trailer, but we won't talk about that. But Ghostbusters deserves to lose that. Yeah. It deserves to lose that, oh, how dare you, oh, how dare you put women in the roles that were made famous by men. It's... That's that. We I don't even want to get started. We could go on about that forever. If you've been living under a rock you wouldn't know but basically everyone jumped on this film because not just because it was a reboot but because it was a reboot starring women and how dare they they're girls girls can't hunt ghosts and you know what they fucking can and that is a reason enough alone even if it wasn't a good film i would still have encouraged people to see it for that sole fact but guess what it's actually good second reason um sexy chris hemsworth oh <sighs> that could be reasons two three four five and six i actually tweeted can he marry me after uh, I came can out? Can he marry me? I want him to be my butler or my scribe. <sighs> delete. We delete. Delete. We will share him because he is absolutely beautiful. Third reason, Kate McKinnon. I hope this film brings her so many other opportunities because she steals this film. She's beautiful. Somehow she makes just winking and licking things super duper amazing. She could. Never mind. She could do many things to both of us. At the same time. Winking and licking. Mm, yes, so much winking and licking. Like a Maxibon. Mm, delicious. Or a Cornetto. Mm, exactly. Third, I'm on four now. You're on oh, four. four. In four. four. Into four. Um, I think it's a good summer movie. I think, I think it's just the perfect, fun, kind of summer blockbuster that's big and has impressive visuals. And I wouldn't say it's mindless, but you could go into it just wanting to watch something fun and not actually take anything more away from it than the fact that it's fun. And it is a lot of fun. It's way more fun than Now You See Me Too. Not that much needs to be to be more fun than that. It's way more fun than the Independence Day sequel. It's way more fun than a lot of films. And I think if we gave it a chance, if you all gave it a chance, you would see that. And reason number five, the end credits. Not gonna say why, gonna make you go and watch because you need to see those end credits. They are beautiful. Nice, good five. Thank you. Wow, you really, you your face, facial expressions were like, thanks, I have nailed this. Like I raised eyebrows. nailed it. Like that was a tough question, five things. BuzzFeed do it all the time. I know, and I got five. I maybe could have had six, but I felt comfortable with my five. I'm going to go probably like one. Okay, what's your one? It's good. Wow. And that's all you need. You need Adam Luminati Roach telling you it's good. There you go. That's how I'm going to review films from now on on this. One word? You can talk for ten minutes and I'll be like, it's good bad. Depends on how you're feeling, how drunk you are, how many pints you've had before at Weatherspoons. If you've had a good lunch or a bad dinner, then you'll like, decide if you like films. That's how we should do ratings. This film will go perfect, perfectly with a Big Mac meal. Oh, that is a good idea. But now this film was good despite the fact that there was no AC on the cinema we were in and we still sat there and watched it and it was really gross. As a heads up, this is being recorded on the hottest day of the year. Well, it's actually, it's not that hot, though. It's not that hot if you're from, like, hot countries. I know, and it's, like, it's an average summer's day here for what I'm used to in Toronto, but it's, I've climatized to Is English that you weather. mentioning 
Canada again. Canada, I told Canada, you about Canada, this. Canada, 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 no, I told you Canada, about this. Canada. Right, I'm gonna end this section. Go see it. Go see it. Fuck all the haters. Exactly. Fuck go watch all. it like a film that you want. Like. Go in. Go in with open hearts, open eyes, open minds, because you will literally and figuratively love this film. Right, we're back. That was good. We ate a pasta bake. That's why we had to go on a break. We want a break for a bake. Oh, it rhymes and I'm hilarious. Welcome back to the 405 podcast with myself and her. Me. And Bottom. You. Yeah, we just spoke about Ghostbusters, so yeah, you know that because you're listening. Oh, duh. And now we're going to go back to our common feature, our common ground. Movies that make you cry that shouldn't. I, I I picked Pacific Rim last week, and strangely enough, I had some people get in touch say they agreed. I think that I think that part of the film people should cry out, or at least they could, and it wouldn't be that bad. I have a film. So I'm not alone, which is good to know. Congratulations. I have a film that I cry at. That I think there are actually parts of it that you could cry, but the part I cry at and why. Is oh wait no! Before you say it, give two clues, two really film. vague clues to what the film is. Yeah, don't make it obvious though. Um, Go on, lead into it. Miniature orange men. Yeah. Blueberry child. That, those are both really obvious though. That's the best haiku of all time. <laughs> anyway, I'm talking about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The, um, the original, because the new one's called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, newer one, I guess. Uh, the original has actually a lot of p- parts of it that are scary that you could cry at out of fear, because it is a terrifying movie. List them. Well, the, the song in the tunnel, that like... No one knows which ooh, way. So scary. Um, no way. The Oompa Loompas are terrifying. Every time a child is about to die in some way. The Oompa Loompas are terrifying. They scared me when I was little and their songs were Why? Creepy. Why did they scare you? Because they were tiny and orange. Were and... you trying to work out how they were made? I guess. I just, I, I used they to They come from Oompa Land. Or Lumpa Land. Yeah, whatever. Wherever they come from, they can go back. It's so, a fact film. It's not fictional. Documentary, actually. Mm. Yeah. It's to show the exploitive, like, work conditions at the Wonga Factory through a uh, sham contest. Oh, interesting, interesting. Undercover operation. Yeah. So Charlie was an investigative reporter. So mm-hmm. you're trying to tell me with Grandpa. Okay, interesting. Yeah. It's an um, interesting take on it. I've heard they're going to redo it with um, J.K. Simmons playing a grandpa and um, like actually going to turn it into a film. I'd actually see that. It's a good documentary. Who would play Charlie? Let's call it Let's be a woman. Oh, I don't, I don't know any child actors, though. Child actors suck, but we'll come to something about that later. Anyway, I've been trying to... Talk about the scene that makes me cry. If you recall Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, sorry, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, there's a scene near the end where Charlie and Grandpa, they are walking on their little tour, and actually maybe near the beginning, in any case, they go off into the bubble room, and they drink some of the bubble stuff, and they float up to the ceiling, and they literally almost die. That is not why that scene makes me cry. 
it's because they broke the rules. And I was a child that was very much a keener and a mama's girl, a daddy's girl, a teacher's pet. And I never broke the rules. Ooh. Yeah, I was one of those kids that didn't like to break the rules. And when that scene would come on in my head, all I would think is, Charlie and Grandpa are breaking the rules and they're going to get in trouble. And I would leave the room. I would literally walk out of the room and go hide in the bathroom and cover my ears. I am frowning at you now. Yep, I can why, see Why? Why Why I, would you leave? Just because, because it made me so uncomfortable because they were going to get in trouble. And I, I didn't want them to get in trouble. If they would just follow the fucking rules, they wouldn't have gotten in trouble. And they just couldn't listen because they wanted that stupid bubble soda. Oh man, this has opened a whole new kettle of fish. What other rules as a child used to make you really angry when you saw people breaking them? Cheating on tests in school really bothered oh, me. Oh no, you were, were you one of them? I wouldn't tattle. I'd never tattle. Okay, that's fine. I didn't, although I did once in college because I thought we're all fucking grown-ups and I'm paying way too much money of my own money to be here to have all of you cheat on this test. But when I was a kid, I didn't because tattling was worse. You dubbed Every on people. Every kid knows that. Once in college when I was 26. That's disgusting. No, it's not. You shouldn't have to cheat on tests in college. Oh, when you're 26 as well. They, well, they should have known better. You can't, you can't be cheating on tests at that age. You should, you should have learned that from like... 16, 17. That's when, that's the prime time for cheating. Yeah, well, that's why they deserved it. They're too old. They're way too old to be cheating on tests. But anyway, yes. Did you frown at shoplifters? No. No, that never bothered me. I'm trying to think of what else you might frown at where rules were. I was just, it was the getting in trouble part. There's only one other film that I still have to either cover my ears or walk out of, and that is the kitchen scene in Jurassic Park. But that's actually legitimately scary. That I still don't watch to this day. I, I will scene. either mute that scene or leave the room or fast forward it because it upsets me so much. Okay, well, coming up in a future episode, I'll record Sean watching that scene and we'll play it on here. And I will be crying. I will be crying like a baby. Sorry, right, that's what people like to listen to. So, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yep, that bubble scene only because they're breaking the rules, not because they're about to die, but because they didn't follow the really simple rules. They were easy rules. Although I guess that was the whole setup for the end of the film. Enough about rules. But still. Enough about rules. Enough about rules. What one item from the Willy Wonka tour that the children ate would you want? Hmm. Tick tock. I would want... Um, they had. I think they had bubble gum that never lost its like chew. Although I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to like have anything bad happen to me. But I think it would be kind of cool to have a piece of gum that you could just chew on forever. That was the everlasting gobstoppers yeah. that they were all supposed to steal. But the gum was the course, the three course meal. Yeah. Uh, well, I would want. Okay, that's a good point. But I would want gum that maybe just stayed forever. I've invented a new thing that wasn't actually in the film, but that's what I want. Willy Wonka, can you make it for me? Um, no, he's in prison. For exploiting the Oompa mm. Loompas, that makes sense. You know, that's the way it goes. You can't, you can't really, like, exploit a workforce and expect to get, get away with it. No, nope, You hear me, sweatshops? Yeah, we're coming for you through the medium of film podcasts. Watch out. Right, from one exploitation film about kids to a TV show that doesn't, or oh, but does, oh, but does it? I don't know. We're talking about Stranger Things, where we're not actually going to talk about it. We're going to give you a list of films to watch if you're enjoying Stranger Things that's currently on Netflix. Are you watching it? You should be. It's very, very good. It's called Kid Peaks, because it's like Twin Peaks, but with kids in. It's very crazy. Where they lead. Did you make that up yourself? Or I could call it 
Kid Peaks, X-Files, and... That would work too. What else? Oh, I'm so bad at naming things. What other TV shows does it remind you of before we launch into the film bit? TV shows? It reminds me of um, Gravity Falls, the cartoon show. A little bit. That it does, actually. Not, not the same comedy, but um, mystery and mm. creepy things. It's a good mystery. I love the mystery in it. I'm a big fan mm. of mystery. Yeah. Mystery. I'm going to say it again. Mystery. mystery. Mm. So what? Jimmy Mystery, what, the actor. What three films would you recommend watching if you're enjoying or maybe want to enjoy more of Stranger Things and the themes and concepts and what have you that it brings? I wanted to say Kung Fury because of the soundtrack, because it's so similar, mm -hmm. but no. Um, start off with Gremlins. Interesting, interesting. Why? Well, it's from the same era. Mm -hmm. When else is based? It was filmed like in the eighties, and this is set in the eighties, nineteen eighty-four, I think, to be precise, which is three years before I was born. So obviously, I know a lot about the eighties. So much. You're a historian of eighty-four. And the reason for it is because of like how the kids in Gremlins acted around the Gremlins, and how they forged together to try and figure out what's going on and there is always a very vague element of mystery it's like why are these gremlins why are they here what are they doing but they're causing havoc so gremlins is completely different in one way to this is that in stranger things the mystery is explained very slowly however in gremlins the mystery is explained like almost straight away but there's always something but it's just the feeling of the Gremlins film that makes me compare it to Stranger Things. Then Poltergeist. Poltergeist, yep. That one's a little more obvious if you're watching the show. If you're yeah. watching the show, that's Poltergeist is a scary film and it's recently remade and supposedly better than I, the original. I've seen the original. I saw it on Halloween in a theatre. It was very scary. I don't do well in scary films, FYI, and this one was terrifying, although... um, Who plays the dad in the film? Mm. The original. Anyway, he looked really sexy in his dad jeans. Just gonna put that out there. Dad jeans. Dad jeans. Mm, What's mm. a dad? Who else wears dad jeans? Matthew McConaughey in dad jeans it, would be I good. Think it's Idris Elba. Nelson. I think that's who it is. I could be wrong. I can't remember. And now neither of us can use the internet to find out. You can tell us if we're wrong. But anyway, whoever it was looked amazing in his dad jeans. <clears throat> dad jeans. And then finally, Stand by Me. You'll yeah. know that link straight away. Just watch the show. And then watch these three films if you enjoy it. That's basically it. It's good. I'm really enjoying it. It's a very good TV show. It's scary enough. It's very intriguing. The kid actors are great. It's nice to see Winona Ryder. Yeah. Welcome back, Renona. Yeah, we missed you. Stole enough stuff. Managed Such an to old joke. Managed to steal her way into the hearts of the Netflix uh, oh, directors. Oh, wow. You're really on a roll today. Not really. Do you write these yourself? No, they just happen. Wow. Like problems. I'm in awe They over just here. Okay. I am in awe. Right. We're just going to go and talk about Netflix now. As we have been, kind of. We'll just keep talking about Netflix. Keep talking about Netflix? Because we love Netflix. Should we just, you know, have some background music? All right, there's some background music. That's better. Right. Netflix. Recommendations. What did I say last week? I can't fucking remember. You recommended Grabbers. I recommended Queen of Versailles. A documentary and a film about how you have to get drunk to keep the aliens from attacking you. Oh, yeah. Totally similar films. Totally similar. Yeah. What's your Netflix picks, audience? Send them to us at 
Actually, just send them to Ollie. Send them to Oliver at the405.com. He probably won't understand why he's getting them, but that's no all context. the fun. No context. No context. Just send him a film from Netflix recommendation. Or you could tweet them um, at us or at 405. T-H-E, 405, the in the numbers. But let's talk about Netflix again this week, because I think it's nice to recommend some films to people, and most everyone has a Netflix subscription. If you don't, meh, this isn't for you. That's too bad. Get an Amazon Prime instead. Yeah. On that note, we're still looking for sponsors, Amazon Prime. Yeah, we'll love you even more than Netflix. We won't, we'll change this whole section yes. to Amazon Prime recommendations. Exactly, imagine that. Or Blinkbox, we'll do the same for you. Yep. Hey, Tesco, holler us. Ooh, snacks. We talk about snacks. snacks All right, go. Anyway, my recommendation this week is Tank Girl, the film. It's directed by Rachel Talali, who, fun fact, will be the first female director of Sherlock coming up next season, which I'm very excited about. Um, Tank Girl is based off of a British comic, and it is an amazing, absolutely insane film. One of those films you watch and you're like, how did this get made? Who even knows how? It stars the amazing Laurie Petty as Tank Girl and co-stars a really um, unrecognizable Naomi Watts who plays Jet Girl. And it is basically a future uh, set in Australia and uh, the world has run out of water and one company controls it and Tank Girl and Jet Girl are trying to save someone and also free the water for everybody. But one of the best parts of this film is that it stars Ice-T as a mutant kangaroo because remember, film is set in Australia, so of course you have mutant kangaroos. And these mutant kangaroos love crumpets and tea. Why? Who knows? But that's one of five million reasons you should watch this film. What is your recommendation? Nicely done. What's my... Oh, shit, sorry. I was just thinking. My recommendation is the 1976 film Network. Um, based on a fictional TV station that was currently dealing with poor ratings, which is quite a lot of TV stations these days. But the reason I'm recommending it is because of the current state of the country and, like, there's an amazing rant in Network by Peter Finch, who plays Howard Beale, who is a... Is a newscaster who's who's going to be fired and let go because of cuts, because it's failing. And he, instead, without giving too much away, he manages to perform a speech that is one of the most iconic in film and has been used numerous times, sampled, sampled in, in audio. And go watch it. I, I don't want to give too much away about Network because it's brilliant. Sean hasn't seen it. I'm going to see it very soon. I'm excited. And... It changed a lot. And in some ways it can be used as an uprising. You'll Ooh. see when you watch it. But yeah, Ooh. those two films, Network and Tank Girl. Tank Girl. I still haven't seen Tank Girl. Yeah, you should watch it. When it's was, on Netflix. When, when was it out? Uh, it was, it's a 90s film. I want to say, I have no idea. 95, 93, 91, I don't know. I'm a big fan. Like, I remember when it came out of cinema because I was too young to go see it. And I remember, like, seeing the poster and being like, Fwah. Yeah, it's pretty badass. And in an original cut, there is uh, some interspecies sex that I don't know if it's in the Netflix version or not. I can't remember. Uh, but you may see, I think there actually is kangaroo mutant penis. Right, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. We're verging into shit film Sunday, which means... Do you see this writing? Do you know what it means? Hospitality. And you can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it! Which means it's shit film Sunday time. 
and yeah. what? No, what? I'm not explaining it. <gasps> I am. That's yeah. crazy, me. It's not even in the notes. I was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to throw it. that on you. You love this film more than I anyone else. Do. Should we? Um, okay, there's a meme that comes from this as well. You know what I mean? Well, I think the part I like of the film is a part that no one really pays attention to that much. Okay, so which is this? Which is... Oh, you want me to describe it? It's not as fun to describe. No, no, it's just gonna... That's it being played. Oh. I hear you whispering. Planning on stealing something? No, ma'am, we're not. Plan on murdering me in my sleep? What? No! It stopped playing now. Ooh, the magic of audio editing. Anyway, if you didn't recognize that, it's The Happening. Yes! I saw this film in theaters. I own it on DVD. I've seen it just as many times as I've seen that Sandra Bullock film where she wears the red boots. You know which one I'm talking about. And those are just two of my favorite bad films. But The Happening is... It's just absolutely insane mark Wahlberg plays a teacher which is like i can i can suspend my disbelief for so many things not that nor can i believe that mark Wahlberg would ever live in a universe where he'd marry zoe deschanel what I just, me no who whom what is happening <laughs> oh that's a question you'll ask yourself a lot when you watch this film, which is a great chance for you to shout at the friend who's saying it. The happening is happening because you're constantly going, what? No one likes that friend. No, but you do get to say the happening. It's happening. It's happening. Hey, what's happening? The happening. It is. Ha. It is Ha, ha, ha. And when you watch films in the future, every time you see trees moving in the wind, you will just assume it's the happening coming. The happening will revolutionize your walks in the country. Yeah, because the happening will be coming. Mom, Dad, the grass! It's the happening. In any case, another one of my favorite bits of this film is somewhere near, I'd say halfway-ish, maybe a little bit before halfway, um, a very small bit character is introduced who... He loves hot dogs, and he utters the line... You know, hot dogs get a bad rap. They got a cool shape, they got protein. You like hot dogs, right? Hot dogs really get a bad rap. And it actually, you know what, do they is the first question. Do they get a bad rap? I don't think so. I yeah. think everyone loves hot dogs. No, I think I'm, I'm not a fan of them. We eat them all the time. What are you talking about? Well, I eat them really fast. But with a burger, a burger takes longer. So right. hot dogs do get a bad rap because the frankfurters are quite thin and you can eat one really quick. So when you go to a diner and over here you can be charged around £9.80 for a hot dog or some fries if you're trying to get a nice one. The hot, the hot dog itself is smashed back in like a minute and a half. Of not even persistent eating. This is like casual... 20 seconds of chew eating. That's true, you can't eat them really fast. I. That's why I get a bad rap. I grew up on like boiled hot dogs or cutting up hot dogs and putting them in craft dinner because, on top of being Canadian, I'm also American and that's what Midwestern kids eat is hot dogs and macaroni and cheese. Fun fact. Um, and then when I lived in Toronto, they call it street meat, but street like hot dogs are very popular. You walk up to a cart and Someone gives you a hot dog. Is that a thing here? Street meat means, means something else. Here. Oh, yeah, no. That's not what we want to talk about here. But anyway, go to a hot dog or sausage or whatever Frankfurter vendor in Toronto and go have some street meat. Maybe you'll be okay, maybe you won't. 
But in any case, I love hot dogs. But I like boiled ones, like really shitty packaged ones that you boil and then put in a shitty bun and you eat at home. Before we close up, you didn't mention who directed this film. M. Night Shyamalan. I can say his name, can you? No, I wasn't saying it just for that. It's like, this is part of what is known in the cinema world as the M. Night Shyamalan Disaster Hour. And that includes <sighs> films such as... After Earth? After Earth is Except also included he, in there. He didn't actually write that. Yeah. So I don't think he get. I don't think we should include that because there's like like he wrote the village which nobody likes and is actually based on a book I read when I was twelve. It's a rip off plot line of a book I read when I was twelve. Just putting that out there. And remember, there's a Rick and Morty episode based on M Night Shyamalan. But I will say, Lady in the Water is an amazing film. No, it's film. not. It no, is. It's, it's a not. beautiful film. We'll discuss this. Uh, it's a great film. It's not. It is. Okay, never mind. We're closing up here now. I don't care anymore. So that's your shit film Sunday. The Happening. Watch The Happening. Maybe buy it on DVD. You might want to watch it a lot. Don't buy it on DVD because then you'll give uh, studios more reasons to give M. Night Shyamalan money to make more films. And that's not a good thing. Give him another chance. So don't give him another chance. Oh, but Unbreakable is a great film. Yeah, and so is The Sixth Sense, but that was a long time it was. ago. It was a long time ago. It's why people should stop give like take the Indiana Jones franchise away from George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Anyway. 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 Thank you very much for listening again, if you've made it this far. Yes, thank you. I have been Adam Libanati Roach, or Bacon Chin. I'm Sharn Elizabeth Ann Melton, and my Twitter handle is Sharnacious. Just felt the need to put your full name in to try and compete with my doubly barreled. I don't know, well, I have a double middle name, and it's really pretty. Oh, it's so pretty. Oh, it's so... No, shut up. Right, we're off to go think about how much we want to make love to Kate McKinnon. Mm, so much. I'm secretly going to go think about Chris Hemsworth. Anyway, thank you very much. scripting and all that was done by Sean Melton. Additionally, we are still looking for sponsors. If you are a film, TV show, or conglomerate streaming provider, you can sponsor us. Email adam at adam.libanatiroach at gmail.com. Remember, don't feed them after midnight. We're now on iTunes. Holy shit. You can subscribe to us there and get 30 minutes of film in your ears every Wednesday.